back to Becoming Your Best Version, a podcast in which I interview amazing women that I have, an enca- I have encountered on my travels through the world. And this next guest is one of those truly amazing women. We were both students of Iris Krasnow at American University in a program, um, the acronym of which was LEAD. And it was uh, more than just a writing class. It was um, a women's empowerment group, really. And the alumni stay in touch. And lovely Barbara, who I'm sorry you can't see physically, though you can see her picture, is just this stunning, talented woman. I remember when she walked into the class, my head turned and I thought, wow, who is that? I mean, she just has a physical presence and this amazing communications um, model that uh, has inspired me. She is a seasoned entrepreneur, a passionate business executive, and a veteran community organizer with a desire for creating powerful change. Barbara is a devoted wife and mother to three grown sons who share her passion for business and for giving back. As a consummate entrepreneur for more than 35 years, Barbara has launched companies and managed businesses in a multitude of industry segments, including telecom, retail, franchising, manufacturing, fine jewelry, and in in internet-based startups. Her experience ranges from small business to large-scale public corporations and covers many years and many areas of expertise, including management, operations, sales, investor relations, public relations, community relations, and external affairs. Her ability to see the big picture and do whatever needs to be done to achieve that goal is what sets Barbara apart from others. At the young age of 23, she saw an untapped market opportunity in the telecommunications industry and co-created one of the nation's first competitive local phone companies. Then at age 30, her company was the first in her industry to go public and was regarded by Wall Street as a leading edge company. Under her team's leadership, the company raised over $80 million and grew to over 5,000 employees, providing competitive local and long distance voice and data services to customers nationwide. She was widely recognized for these achievements and was featured in the September 1995 edition of Forbes magazine as a woman with a mission. She has the distinction of being the first person to don the cover of Reader's Digest, where she was highlighted as a distinguished woman entrepreneur. In addition, she was recognized as Ernst & Young's 1997 Florida Entrepreneur of the Year for her efforts in building intermedia communications. She received her bachelor's in telecommunications from the University of Florida and an MBA from the University of South Florida, where she was named USF's Entrepreneur of the Year 1993. She is currently a mentor and partner in several startup businesses and runs a women's speaker series called Teach, Give, Inspire Fridays, a platform that allows women the opportunity to empower themselves their businesses, their families, and their communities. Check out teachgiveinspirefridays.com for more information about that particular project. Welcome, Barbara. 
Oh my gosh, thank you, Maria. That is such a mouthful. <laughs> read all that. Well, you have quite a few accomplishments under your belt and uh, you keep going. It, it's very inspiring. Thank you, thank you. You know, it's so funny. Um, my middle child is 21 and I was sitting talking with him the other night and he, he laid out a roadmap for me and he had his entire life planned out. And it just occurred to me that uh, and I shared with him that really isn't how it works. That <laughs> ah. <laughs> you take one day, one opportunity at a time, and you keep building and building and building on that. And as we know, as women, we keep reinventing and reinventing and reinventing ourselves at every stage of our lives. So that's right. Um, yeah, I think that is one of the gifts of both modern medicine, which provides longevity to us that our the previous ancestors did not have, and also the gift of feminism, that we have the ability to choose so many different chapters, and uh, the range of what we can accomplish has grown exponentially, and you are a prime example of that. So I know that one of your greatest joys at the moment is a new grandbaby. Oh, yes. And it's so it's so joyous. I mean, people tell you that all the time and you hear about it, but you just don't know until you experience it yourself, especially because, I, as I mentioned, as you said, I have three grown sons. And so this is the first little girl we have in the family. Oh. And um, yeah, so someone to share all my things with. <laughs> oh, what a lucky little girl. <laughs> and she's local, too. Is that right? To you? They're about two hours away. So it's really lovely. Nice. Barbara and I are both calling or talking from the Washington, D.C. suburbs, and uh, I am so honored that I will get to be a guest at an upcoming Teach, Give, Inspire program this month. And so I am so excited to have you as a guest, Maria, as, a, as our Teach speaker, and you'll be teaching about, you know, um, and teaching all the women who will be there about how to become their best version. I think it's so important that we recognize that wherever we are in our life, you know, we always are evolving and there's, there's always something more, whether that's just feeling more fulfilled in some way, it doesn't mean you have to do more or be more, but maybe just experience more, maybe experience more joy or whatever that is um, for yourself. So I'm, I'm really, really excited. And so interesting that um, you're talking about Teach, Give, Inspire, but that really came about uh, because I had been so focused on raising my children and my family that I had become insular and really dedicated to my children's well-being um, as they had a rough start in the beginning. And I really did not have an opportunity to reach beyond my family, reach beyond my children to get to know people. And it occurred to me that um, if I didn't know them, then they didn't know me. Mm -hmm. And so Teach, Give, Inspire Fridays was an opportunity for uh, me to allow myself and, and everyone else to get beyond, hi, how are you? To create meaningful conversation, whereas women, instead of just waving to someone in the grocery store or smiling, you know, in a parking lot of someone that you've seen probably for the last 10 years and you can't even remember their name, um, but they think you're nice, you know, what does that mean? And I believe that we all have so much more to share than we get from one another in passing. And so that was really my attempt 
to allow women to find a place where they could really truly meaningfully connect and allow people to know them and get to know other women as well at a, at a deeper level. Because the truth is, is as much as we think we're all so very different, um, at the root of who we are, we're very much the same. And what we want is to feel understood and significant and to be loved and to give love. And so um, that's kind of the, the foundation and premise for uh, TGIF. And it really is a wonderful platform. And I have attended other TJIF events and you can feel the energy in the room. It's palpable. These are all women who are curious about their worlds, who want to make a difference. And I truly learn absolutely things from the women who share their stories. And I, when I think about you and your life, the adage to whom much has been given, much is expected comes to mind because you are someone who has enjoyed great um, material and business success. And you don't just rest on your laurels, you give back. And that is a wonderful model for the rest of us that you don't just fade off into enjoyment of all your treasures. You take on causes like Keen, which I'd like to talk about, and um, helping women have a platform and to learn from one another. I mean, there aren't a lot of people who could do the breadth of what you have accomplished already. So I applaud you. Oh, thank you. Well, I have to tell you, I have very big shoes to fill. My mother was my um, was an extraordinary role model for me. She was my hero. And I remember in Iris's classes, you were talking about where we met and we had a weekly writing assignment. And one of the assignments in one of the classes was to write um, uh, a story about um, a woman who was your hero and you needed to interview her and it needed to be a long piece. And I just was stuck and um, could not get beyond that prompt and the assignment was coming due and I couldn't figure out what was stopping me. And I realized the only person really at that moment that I felt like I really wanted to interview for this profile um, was my mom and she wasn't here anymore. Wow. And, um, and her voice was so important to me and it was missing. And so I actually contacted a woman who worked for her for many years and said, do you have any, um, written things or anything? Did mom record anything that you might have? And she said, yes, she started to record her life and I have it. <gasps> and I also have the start of a written um, dossier that she wanted to get on paper before she passed away. And so I'll send you that. And so I actually was able to recreate this profile like I was interviewing my mother Wow. Using her quotes that she had had that I was listening to and taking from her writings. And it was such a lovely, lovely um, piece. And I shared it with all my brothers and sisters. And, and I, it was a very freeing moment. And but as I said, I have very big shoes to fill. She was very philanthropic. She was um, uh, grew up in Nazi Germany came here at a really rough time, very young age, but escaped and um, found herself, you know, needing to pr provide for herself and educate herself. And, and she did. And, and then her entire life, she gave back and gave back. And so we grew up watching her do that. 
And, um, and then when I became a mom myself, I think I mentioned I had some challenges with my young sons, both who were developmentally delayed. And um, it really took everything that I had to rescue and recover them for lack of a better term. And so I did that for a good 12, 15 years. And I, I made a promise to myself. I said, if, if God willing, I'm able to provide these boys with um, an optimum path for their future where they can be successful and independent, you know, my job will then be to pay it forward because many families will not be as lucky if I, if I am that lucky. And by the grace of God, we were that lucky with a lot of hard work and resources, as you said, and um, these these young men are thriving. They're um, college students. They are, you know, just lovely human beings. And so my work is to pay it forward in, yeah. in, in any way I can. And so um, I love Keen. Keen stands for Kids Enjoy Exercise Now. And Keen is a 29 year old nonprofit organization um, whose mission it is to provide non competitive, one on one, free. Um, athletic um, services, programs, fun, engaging activities for young people ages five to 30 um, with emotional and physical disabilities. And Keen started with five young athletes 29 years ago. And uh, prior to the pandemic, we were serving almost 600 young people in 34 different programs every weekend um, across the DMV and in Baltimore as well in Northern Virginia. Um, and so I love the mission of Keen. I met so many of these young kids and young people and love working with them because the truth is all young people deserve the opportunity to exercise and play and to be befriended and to feel welcome and accepted. And that is what Keen does, provides them that place and that opportunity. So true. I uh, and my daughter volunteered for Keen years ago, and yes. it was a very worthwhile thing for both of us to do. Mm -hmm. So thank you for continuing to give back to that organization. And uh, when you describe what you found about your mother, I just got chills. What a gift. And none of you or nor your siblings, none of your siblings knew that this material existed about your mom. No, no, we did not know. We did not know. So I, I feel so grateful to have it. And um, yeah, that is amazing. How wonderful. Yeah. So what a legacy she has left that is living on through you and then is going forward to your kids and your grandkids. Wow. So yeah, I am also amazed that your business acumen has such a range that you didn't stay in one sector of industry. You tried or worked in many sectors. So tell me about that. Why did your uh, business experience have such breadth as opposed to focusing on, it looks like, well, you majored in telecom initially. So I know that that's a big chunk of what you've worked on, but how did it grow so much? <laughs> that's a good question. So I started my, um, well, at the time that I graduated, uh, it was right after the breakup of the bail system, also known as divestiture, uh, probably a term that many young people don't even know, you know, what happened back in the day. But 
So there were a lot of opportunities that were going to be coming in the telecommunications field. I was actually a broadcaster and wanted to be a broadcast news journalist. But at that time, there were not a lot of women who were at the top of the field. It was Barbara Walters, um, Diane Sawyer, and Jane Pauley. And that pretty much that was it. And I went to interview for my first job and um, in ABC, uh, up here in Washington, actually. And I got offered my first job to work in the basement as a researcher. And I think the starting salary was 17,000. And it occurred to me at that moment that it was going to be difficult to live in, in this city on that salary and that I might never make it out of the basement. <laughs> so I said, oh, I don't know if broadcasting is actually going to be for me. And I actually did graduate with a telecommunications degree. And so well, let me see what that might mean. Where would that take me? And so um, I ended up answering an ad in the newspaper for a telecommunications specialist, which actually meant knocking on doors selling um, long distance services. So I paid my dues cold calling for a year and um, learned the industry, learned the telecommunications industry. And when I saw an opportunity to jump out of that, um, based on a number of people who I'd met on my journey that year, um, one of the engineers and I left that company and started our own. And so the next 15 years was that, um, that build. And I retired from that company at the age of 36 uh, and then got married right away. Um, and uh, some might think, you know, my rabbi said, oh, thank God, you're like such an old maid, 36. Um, and um, when I married my husband, he had a 10-year-old who had lost his mother recently to breast cancer. Mm. And so my job, my full-time job after retiring was to be a mom. And that is what that um, young man required. And that was what my new job was. And then we had children of our own. So this is where our three sons come from. And they were, as I mentioned, delayed in their development. And so that became my full-time job for 15 years. When I knew the boys were all on their way, um, that's when I jumped back into the workforce. But I had had my fill of quote unquote, big corporate America. And so what you saw was that I jumped into lots of different entrepreneurial areas um, primarily because I was always an entrepreneur. You know, building a company can come in different stages and different types and different ways. But if you're a builder, then you're a builder. And right. so that's what I did. And so some of the companies had um, longer lifespans than others. Some were smaller than others. But um, they all had one thing in common. And that was that um, there was an idea that I got to build upon and bring expertise to and then move on at the right time. Wow, wow, wow. And uh, some of your interests and your business experience was in fine jewelry. Uh, tell yes. us about that, that stuck out. Oh, well, cause I, you know, one of the things I love to do, you can ask me later, like what makes me my best self. One of the things I love to do is always tell, tell people do what makes you happy, right? Mm -hmm. And I um, love shopping, shopping makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> So I was shopping and I, I fell in love with uh, a pair of earrings that I saw. I ended up meeting the designer uh, who had designed that and we became friends. And so um, I worked with him to launch a new brand of his jewelry line um, that was later then picked up by Saks and um, became, you know, a, a really lovely line that Saks carried. 
in the fine jewelry industry. But again, you know, it's no different than almost anything else. You know, I think business is built on um, strong foundational skills that you possess, executive functioning skills in terms of how to organize yourself. And then the product is just a widget. And, you know, the, the process is really the same. Although now in the world, the process has, has changed significantly with the, you know, advent of digital marketing, social media, et cetera. But um, the process of building a business is pretty much consistent across any type of business that you would be in. And frankly, um, much of it is about relationship building. And so I, I liken myself to be a people person and um, with you know, fairly good communication skills. And so I think in, no matter what I was choosing to do, that was always um, something that was very helpful for me. Well, not just fairly good skills, excellent skills. I mean, this is someone who has it all. Like this makes sense to me now, now that I'm learning more of the backstory, because uh, when I first heard you speak on a stage, you're very polished and you have movie star beauty uh, and are very striking. So all of these traits come together to enable you to have a very broad reach in a lot of different areas and that you use it for public good is just really a beautiful thing in my opinion because you are someone who could just be jetting around the world I mean I can see that because I know you but you don't do that you put good into the world and that is something that um warms my heart and makes you, in my opinion, someone I want to cross paths with. So tell us, what do you do to become your best version? I think the most important thing is uh, for me personally is to take that one hour a day for myself, mm. not for my children, not for my household, not for my family. Um, but for myself. And, and normally what that hour means for me is that I take the time to exercise and to kind of clear the cobwebs, you know, reset for the day and start my focus. I also, um, and you can't see this, but I'm holding up a gratitude journal. You know, I take a few minutes every morning to reflect on just three things that I'm grateful for. And, and for instance, today I have in here, I'm grateful for my strength. So I got up this morning, I didn't want to work out, but I worked out hard. Um, I'm grateful for my independent children. Um, I'm getting ready to pack them up again so they can go off to their respective colleges uh, the end of this week. So I'm grateful that they're independent enough to be able to do that. And um, the third thing I wrote for this morning is I'm grateful for my opportunities, including being here with you today. So, um, so I think taking time to do the things that you love, setting aside that time for yourself, whether it's to meditate, to reflect um, in gratitude, to exercise, to set your day up, to set your intention for who you want to show up as in the world that day is really important. And then the last thing that makes me so happy and that allows me to be my best self is, is being in the service of others. Um, and I don't care how busy my day is. A girlfriend called the other day. She's going through, um, chemo and she said, I never know when I'm feeling good, but I feel good now. Can you come now? You know? And I, I, my day was packed and I said, yes, I'm coming now. Oh. And 
you know, and, and so it's those moments, you know, where you um, get outside of yourself and, um, you know, live in the service of others that really just bring you so much energy and, and joy. Wow. Wow. Well, you are an extraordinary person and I'm so lucky to have you in my circle of people. So thank you, Barbara, for taking time out to talk to us and for having my book on your bookshelf that I see behind you. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you are an extraordinary and inspirational woman. And thank you for sharing some of your story with our listeners who will undoubtedly be inspired to bloom where they're planted. So thank you. Thank you, Maria. Have a wonderful day. You too.